0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, and man, it's exciting to have Thanksgiving here. I hope you're safe and happy with your family or headed there or maybe not headed there. Whatever you may be doing, there's three games on the slate, knock on wood, one potentially up in the air, depending on what happens with the Ravens' COVID test situation. We'll preview it anyway, and we're going to preview all three games to do that. Joining me as he does, uh, usually on a one-game slate, but now, because he doesn't have enough to do as managing editor of Sportsline and managing editor of CBS Fantasy Properties, forced still into talking with me about NFL games, RJ White. What's up, buddy?
1: You say force, but that was the uh, one stipulation I said. If you're going to give me this job, <laughs> I definitely want to keep talking to Will Brinson. <laughs> I definitely want to wait
0: for two minutes on a Zoom call until Brinson shows up and then gives me an excuse about his kid as to why he's two minutes late on a Monday or a Thursday before we preview the games. Um, I right, give me, uh, On a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for
1: this particular slate of Thanksgiving games? Um. I'd say a six-ish. I mean, I'm always excited for football, but uh, you got a very key, uh, you know, playoff race game for between two losing teams stuck in the middle. You got a an undefeated team trying to stay undefeated against a, you know the biggest division rival looking for an upset. So those are two wins. And Then you get to watch Deshaun Watson play football. So what's not exciting about that? A lot
0: of disrespect to Matthew Stafford, and Matt Patricia, but I agree with that. Um, let's start there. Let's start with the Lions and the Texans. We're going to look at the William Hill line. So the way we're going to do this is RJ and I are going to break down all three games. There'll be a break somewhere in between. We will talk about the line. We will talk about the spread. We will talk about DFS. We will talk about player props. And hopefully at some point we, you know, we'll, we'll discuss the games because I mean that's what matters, obviously. And I think when you look at this first game, RJ, it's Houston at Detroit. Houston minus three. So the Texans are a terrible football team. We know that been a little bit better since Bill O'Brien got fired, but they're not a good football team. They're three-point road favorites on Thanksgiving, over under 51 and a half. Uh, I would say that I don't know exactly how I feel about this game until I know about Kenny Galladay and DeAndre Swift. Is that fair?
1: That's fair. I mean, Detroit seems like the clear value play, just where the line is, you know, Texans minus three on the road. But Houston coming off a big win, you know, Detroit not scoring. Everybody's going to want to be on Houston. Uh, but the time they grab Houston was two and a half. When it was at two and a half, that's when you play Houston. Once it gets to three, it's hard to pull the trigger on them. But I can't really pull the trigger on Detroit either with all their injuries. Can't just assume they bounce back. Even, you know, Stafford will play, but who knows how. How healthy he is with that thumb—he didn't look great in that that game. I mean, score zero against a defense like Carolina is pretty pretty damning in and of its own. Uh, Swift coming back from a concussion issue—he's not practicing, so I would assume he's not playing in this game. It'd be hard for him to get cleared on a short week. Uh, Galladay might be back. We thought he was going to be back last week. That didn't happen, so that would be a big help. The Texans don't have a great defense, uh, but you know who else doesn't have a great defense is the Lions. I think Watson's going to carve up that bad Lions defense. Can't really stay the same for Stafford with that injury. I can't be sure that he will. And teams can run on Houston. That's how you beat Houston. But if Swift's out again with that concussion, I I, I, don't, I can't trust Adrian Peterson at this point against anyone. Uh, he doesn't look great. He's two yards a carry, three yards a carry, and falling down a lot. So even if Detroit offense does get it together and looks good here, I think Watson can still win a shootout and get the winner push at three. So I think that's the way you got to lean. But two and a half is what you got to get with Houston. I can't I, I can't recommend playing it at three. I I agree. If you're
0: I would I, at three. I would take the Lions, and I do think there's something where maybe is there a chance that the Lions sat people against the Panthers, thinking they would have them on Thursday against the Texans in a Thanksgiving game. That doesn't make any sense to me. Somebody floated that out there. Like, what's the ben- What's the tangible benefit to having players healthy for a game on Thanksgiving when your season's already over? I, I don't get it. I would lean uh, Lions here. I would also – I think the under is a great value, 51 and a half. That's a lot of points. And to me, when you look at Houston, the way that they play against teams that – Houston scores points when teams score on them early, and then they put up points in the second half throwing with Deshaun Watson. When they're involved in sort of a a, – when I say slugfest, I don't mean like a boxing match. I mean like two slugs. Playing football against one another, and that's what the Texans and Lions are—two slugs. When those teams are involved, that's when Houston sort of like tones it down and plays to plays to the whatever the speed
1: is of their opponent. And I think we could get a low-scoring game here. Yeah, I think it's possible. Um, the, the Detroit offense would have to step up from what we saw last week, obviously. So if you if you think that that was just a one-off, um, I do think you can go over because I think Houston can score whatever they want. But um, if you're not confident in the Detroit offense, and I'm really not with other injuries and how Stafford looked, I, I had an under down as my lean too. So I would say under 51 and a half is a good play.
0: Okay. I'm on the under as well. I like the under. Uh, I'll ask you this. Do you think that there is value in taking – so my buddy Garrett, and he knows I'm asking this on the podcast. He has a, a turkey day parlay he wants people to take. Lions, Washington, Steelers. What do you think?
1: um you know it's interesting um you, you you're kind of 50 50 on a lot of these games anyway so you know, take the ones you like if you want to play it but that these aren't related so i don't i don't know you know how you would say if you're taking this take this um so yeah if you like the lions that's fine but get them at the right numbers too you know get lines if you can get them at three get washington at three and a half if you can it looks like that might move there um but you know if it gets down to two and a half don't take washington there and then Steelers, that number's going up and up. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but um, I wouldn't be comfortable taking them really in a divisional game with a lot of points. So. No, he's no, he's he's thinking money line here. By the way. Oh.
0: So you're doing so basically, you're putting a unit on the Lions money line, and if they lose, you just call a day off and you go and eat your turkey. Mm-hmm. If they win, all of a sudden you got a spicy game with Washington, and then Washington wins, you come back and you hit the the Ravens on the money line as a or, or Ravens plus five for a window one of those situations. What do you think about that Turkey
1: day parlay? If people feel like diving in, if you bet the money line on the lions on Thanksgiving, you probably deserve to lose your money and take the rest of the day off. That's what my initial thought was, but I couldn't say it on the
0: text thread because it would be insulting and he would get mad at me. So I'll let you say that. Not me. All right. That's that. That's how we feel about that particular game. I do think, um, all right. What about props? So I think Deandre Swift is going to play in this game. I don't think we know for sure yet. Somehow it's Tuesday afternoon and I'm
1: looking for a Lions injury report. Do we, do we definitely know? I don't think he is. I think he was ruled out on the, uh, Oh, he's, he's out. Got, he's got a concussion. He was ruled out on Monday. And, um, so if he doesn't practice on Tuesday, you got to get independently cleared with those concussions. Okay. Uh, right we, all right,
0: uh, looking at it now, we have no update from the team on Tuesday on their website yet. He did not practice on Monday with a concussion. We did get Kenny Galladay on Monday,
1: limited practice. So, maybe he plays I yeah know. I would he seemed close to playing last week and he didn't play so um you know, I think we might have him this week. We will see um that would that would make them a lot better more dangerous on offense because they just didn't have they had, oh, what Marvin Hall was their number two receiver last week it's it's not a great spot to be in this and I think this Hawkinson is, a, is questionable too. I think he's limited in practice, so that would be a big loss as well. This is a really bad injury report for the Lions like
0: this <laughs> is not good. I'm just, I'm just looking at it like it's it's not it does not bode well for the Lions. And that, although that looks like I'm trying. Oh, right, here we go. Right. Oh, sorry. Uh, my apologies. I should have had this sooner. So we have Kenny Galladay no practice on Tuesday. So he's trending in the wrong direction. Not good. That's not good. Um, Swift. Where is Swift? How's he? He's limited practice on Tuesday. How's he training in the right direction? That's crazy. Matthew Stafford limited practice both days with a thumb injury. TJ Hawkinson limited practice both days with a shoulder injury. Marvin Hall limited practice both days. Gerard Davis limited practice both days. He's sort of important. Deshaun Hand uh, no practice both days. The reality is, I mean, Amandola there. Yeah, Amandola is uh, limited. He's upgraded to limited practice on Tuesday. So. Get one of those guys back, at least you're looking all right. But this offense sucks without Kenny Galladay. Like, they Mm -hmm. fall off a cliff if Galladay's not there. They lose all vertical ability whatsoever. They didn't score a point against the Panthers, RJ. The Panthers!
1: It's pretty remarkable. It's a uh, the, the we were getting a, in the when you play the contest, it was a very advantageous line because we didn't know who would play between the quarterbacks. And uh, when I put in my best bets, I pick them against the contest line. So wanted to sneak in the the lions there uh, because you know you're like getting a four points of value. And I was like, no, nah, I can't do it. I could see this team just completely throwing a dud again.
0: I cannot believe I bet I bet the lions money line in the parlay. I'm a loser on on last week. So. Kenny Galladay, I think, really matters to me entirely when you're playing the spread and the total to a degree. As far as player props go, though, I mean, the Texans are awful against the rush. Awful. If DeAndre Swift's healthy and he plays and he's active, I want DeAndre Swift over rushing yards. Agree or disagree? And what do you like in that game?
1: Yeah, that would be good. I, I wouldn't necessarily want Peters in rushing yards just because he... uh He's even in good matchups, he struggled. Um, the way I would look was the, is the 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 Houston receivers. I just don't think the Detroit defense is really good, especially like Will Fuller. Um, Detroit's best cornerback right now is or Or Amani, as Oruwari, I believe, is how you pronounce the name. Very nice, um, out of Penn State, I believe. But he's not a speed guy, you know. He, when he came out, he had he didn't have a, a good 40, and that was, I think, one of the reasons he was thought very good technician, very good at the position, just not a speed guy. So, I think Fuller can. Dust him if he needs to. I don't think there's really anybody that can hang with Fuller. You're going to get a couple big plays out of Fuller. So I like him longest reception, 25 and a half yards. And I like his over 70 and a half yards. If you want to play the cooks over too, I'd be fine with that. I think, you know, Watson's going to have a huge day. Uh, Fuller
0: already up to 72 and a half as of Tuesday afternoon. So this may be something if you have the props available on Wednesday, don't wait until 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. to bet those props. Uh, go ahead and get those in. I w- I would. I don't know how high Fuller gets. I would I mean, guess I
1: he's getting to how high I think he's getting to a hundred. I mean, it's Cobb and stills oh, are both on his prop. By. No, I don't think the prop gets there. I think he gets there. Oh, I think so too. Um, Cobb and stills are both banged up. I mean, could, bigger targets could be a bigger target share for those guys. And I, I think we're going to get uh, some Kiki Q T in there as well. But, um, you know, I mean, that should just mean a few more targets deep for Fuller is, is not a bad thing.
0: Uh, we're not expecting David Johnson here. Will Fuller's over receptions. Five and a half is plus one of five. I don't, I like that over too. I just think the Texans can't run and they're going to be throwing the ball like crazy. Like that's what their offense is. They either don't do anything or they, Deshaun Watson's throwing it around. I I also like Deshaun Watson
1: over rushing yards, 29 and a half. That's too low. Yeah, I less love the over on the fuller receptions. I think if they use him deep a lot, there's just a chance that he only gets four or five. But you know he still gets to 100 yards because he's breaking big plays, and uh, if you can get a good number on like a QT or a Cooks, maybe you do the over receptions on them. Uh, what about
0: Watson over 300 and a half passing yards? That's a big number.
1: That's a lot. Um, yeah, I, I shied away from that just because you see that 300 number, you're like, oh, that's asking for a lot. It, all that the the game script could have to go, you know, uh, you know, just a little bit. The Detroit's laying an egg, and all of a sudden Watson throws 25 passes, and, and you're not getting to that number. Um. There are no
0: lions props, which sort of is terrifying if you want to take the lions in this game because that's how banged up they are. I agree. So all right, so here's here's all right, here's what I would do if I'm putting in bets. People are listening to this on Wednesday morning. If you're trying to get your bets in early for Thanksgiving, I want Brandon Cooks over receiving yards. We'll, but, but, all right, so Will Fuller over receiving yards is our favorite prop. And I agree with you completely on that, right? Uh yeah. Okay. Uh, I like the oh, I like the total under at fifty one and a half. Maybe changes if Kenny Galladay plays. You can wait on that if you want. Um, I like Brandon Cooks over receiving yards, and I think uh, Desha- God Deshaun Watson's over passes is thirty eight and a half. Are they really just not going to run the ball? I mean, that's this is a this is
1: I'm a little worried these props are setting up for the over to hit. Yeah, yep. you would think so with those high either the over hits or a lot of these unders hit on watson and things like that
0: yeah all right so flag plant prop play here is will fuller over receiving yards and you sort of have to wait and see what happens with the lions we can't tell you right now it's too early i think in in the week to really make a call
1: uh let's hit if hawkinson plays i go hawking like hawkinson to catch a touchdown or something like that
0: yeah and again, like they're just not up there right now, even though William Hill usually has them early. So there's nothing we can
1: do. We're two days out. We usually do our, our pod. We're one day out and, yeah. or we're actually doing it in the morning the, today. Uh, you know, we're two days out. So I'm sure they'll get some stuff up on Wednesday. If, if we have, a, if you have, if Galladay and Hawkinson
0: play, I would take both of them to catch a touchdown. And if Swift plays, I would take his over rushing yards. But I agree with you. I wouldn't take Peterson over rushing yards. Washington at Dallas, the 430 game on Fox for first place in the NFC East. The line is, as we pointed out, or actually, yes, we didn't put that out yet. It is uh, Washington, or Excuse me, Dallas minus three plus 100. Washington plus three minus 120. Uh, Washington money line plus
1: 130. Dallas money line minus 150 over under 46. Thoughts on this game. Look ahead was Dallas minus one, but that Dallas offense finally showed up. So the line moved two points. It's not like Washington played poorly. They won pretty easily. Their defense looked really good against Cincinnati. Um, tough matchup here with a good the, um, you know who can win against the Dallas O-line. So I like Washington here. Um, Dallas wing covered up how bad that Dallas defense played. They really won that game thanks to Minnesota fumbles and penalties. It's not like the defense got any stops on their own. Um, so I, I think that uh, Washington can have some success. Offensively, their run game emerged last week. Gibson's looking better and better. He was a, did not practice on the injury report on Monday, so I was a little worried about him. I think he got to a full practice on Tuesday, so he's fine. Um, McLaurin was also DNP on first injury report. I think he's limited today. So we'll watch that. Um, they're obviously a much better offense when he's in there. Cause they don't have anybody that can replicate what he can do, but I'm not sure that bad Dallas defense is going to slow down that improving Washington offense anyway. But I do think the Washington defense with their strong defensive line can get stops and uh, get some pressure on a Dallas offensive line that played well last week, but they're playing a team that traded away Yannick McAquay never had Daniel Hunter this year. I mean, it's not like they have a, a fierce front there in Minnesota. So i um, this could be a little bit different that Dallas offense might take a step back here. That's why I like Washington. I like Washington a lot here. I think it's, you know, we talked about that parlay
0: with everybody Garrett had. If he, if he throw that Texans, Washington Steelers, I think I'm on board and the lions game is just weird. The wrong team's favorite here. RJ, the, the Dallas isn't good. They're bad. They stink. They've stunk. They still stink. And their biggest problem. Andy Dalton's biggest problem is If teams pressure him, if he gets pressured, he can't play well. The Dallas offensive line is better, but Washington's defensive line is really good. And they're, they're getting a little bit healthier. There's no reason to think they won't pressure him again. They shouldn't be a three point dog here. There's a lot of public sentiment, in my opinion, on Dallas with you know, they're being the Cowboys. They won a game. They held it close against the Steelers. Now they're starting to get some momentum. People are thinking, let's bet on them to win the the division at like
1: two twenty five. I think Washington's a better team. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't say that the wrong team is favored. I would say that the, um, that no team should be favored when it comes to NFC. East <laughs> that's games. Fine, just that's just fine. make them all pick them and like go ahead and, and have fun there. Cause you never know who's going to, giants and Eagles, these two teams, whoever's playing. I mean, just, you never know what's going to happen. Just make it a pick them. Uh, I, I don't disagree. Uh, any thoughts on the, on the title? I would think over. I mean, there's arguments to say it's a it's a key game, so uh, the coaches will be more conservative and it'll go under. But I mean, this Washington offense is getting better. That Dallas defense is bad. I think they can score, you know, t- high 20s, low 30s, and then Dallas, if they just get a, a, enough points to uh, to jump in there at the low 20s, we're going to get a cover there. So I do think over is the right play there. But um, if it if it goes up any higher than 46, 46 and a half, I'm getting a little worried about it. All right, let's talk props for this
0: game anything stand out to you to me a, uh, an immediate number that I look at is Antonio Gibson total rushing yards at 54 and a half Dallas I I don't Dallas can't stop the run they they beat the Vikings but it but Dalvin Cook still completely had his way I mean like he he ran all over him
1: yeah, I, I just worry about his usage. He had a lot. I think he had 16 carries last week. Um, good usage for him, higher than usual, but they, he's been inconsistent. They might give him five carries. You just don't know. Eight carries. Um, so I think that ru- that running game is going to have success. But Peyton Barber is still hanging around getting carries. JD McKissick's catching a bunch of passes out of the backfield. So who knows if uh, Gibson gets the carries he needs to? The one that I love. Is um Alex Smith over one and a half passing touchdowns at minus 105. He only has two touchdowns so far. But Dallas has allowed 24 pass touchdowns on the year. I believe that's that's worst in the league as far as pass touchdowns allowed. So I think Alex Smith definitely gets a two, you know, at least, especially from if, if McLaurin can play. And uh if even if McLaurin plays, he's not a hundred percent. If you can find a good Steven Sims over number, uh, it could be a big day for the other receivers if McLaurin is a little bit limited. And Sims has the most upside. Steve Sims has the most upside out of the other group for me. So we'll look at him, maybe look at Dontrell Inman if you can find lower numbers on those two in the 20s or something i think that they'll be able to, to crush those all right let me look at this what did i say
0: Fifty-four and a half for for gibson on rushing yards his rushing yard rushing attempts total is 13 and a half it's heavily juiced the under so they're sort of thinking 13 uh, so does he if he gets 13 carries he should get to 55 rushing yards but i guess that's not guaranteed mm. right that's fine uh, what's our level of concern for McLaurin here? Does he?
1: I think he'll play. He played through an injury last week. and uh, This is, I think, is a different injury. I want to say it was a different part of the body that that they put on the, uh, the injury report this week. So maybe it is a little worse injury and the, the quick turnaround time hampers him. But I don't think he, he went out of the game. I think he played through it on Sunday. And that's usually an indicator to me that they'll be back in there.
0: Uh, I would also sort of lean towards the under on Andy Dalton passing yards, 252 and a half Andy Dalton. We saw a Tom Brady on, on Monday night. There are certain, and I'm not comparing Tom Brady and Andy Dalton per se, but maybe I am. There are certain quarterbacks who sort of exude a little body language when they start getting pressured and Andy Dalton, when he gets pressured, starts to kind of panic and make some mistakes. Now it could be total garbage time that he throws this in, but I think. I don't know. 252 is a lot for Andy Dalton in this spot.
1: And, and more to the point is a national TV game on Thanksgiving uh, with the uh, Salvation Army bucket. You know, Jerry Jones is rolling into the the meeting and saying, you better let Zeke eat. If Zeke doesn't have 25 to 30 carries in this game, you know, everybody's fired, essentially. You're docking point. your pay. Uh, so uh, this is definitely going to be a Zeke game, I think, more, more than anything else.
0: What about this? Over 16 and a half Zeke rushing attempts.
1: Yeah, definitely take that one. I think the only thing that would uh, would slow that one down is if Pollard, if they mix Pollard in more and they just run the ball, you know, uh, you know, 26 times, but splitting them basically evenly. You know, that's that the only way that that wouldn't hit. But, um, yeah, I definitely think give it to Zeke as, as much as you want because that's what they're going to do in this game. Uh, and the other one here on William Hill that and this juice is outrageous, so
0: you got to be willing to lay it in order to take it, but the, I think it's going to hit. Over Zeke receptions, 2.5 minus 170. He'll catch three balls out of the backfield, like he's just going to. Uh, and I would also, I would also be very intrigued based on the target share that we've seen from Andy Dalton with both um, Dalton Sh- Dalton Schultz total receptions over three and a half at minus one fifteen, and Michael Gallup over three and a half receptions at plus one thirty. I know this past game he wasn't involved a whole lot, and they they got C.D. Lamb mixed in, but I, I think he's. A, I think Dalton looks to Michael Gallup, and certainly looks to Dalton Schultz. He's always looked to his tight ends. So if if you like the overs in the spot and you think this would be a shootout and, or a potential for, you know, I don't know if it's a shootout so much as Dallas could get down and have to throw to come back. Maybe is the answer. Maybe. I don't know. I think you're still running
1: Zeke. I think it's run Zeke above all else. Is is what the directive is. And,
0: and Zeke has a history of the Salvation Army, like holiday game. So maybe it's just take the Zeke overs Take Washington plus three, take Washington on the money line and sit back in cash. There you go. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we will talk about the final game, which we hope will happen, and some DFS. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family.
2: Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Okay, so Steelers and Ravens, the
0: nightcap on Thanksgiving. Now, RJ, some people have suggested the NFL would be willing to miss a game for COVID concerns on Thanksgiving others have suggested there's no way in hell the NFL is letting the night game on Thanksgiving not be played for any reason because it's Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving means family and Thanksgiving means football and as we all know football is family that was my mom my mom hates that line I don't, the question is do you think do you think this game gets played because I think it gets played
1: yeah, I think the, the strategy with these these um, COVID you know, going on the list, coming off the list, who's playing, who's not playing, I think the strategy for the NFL is let's just get through the season. It just doesn't seem like they're as, as, um, as willing to push back games now that we're getting through all the buys. They're just like, let's play these games no, no matter what is what it looks like to me. So, I mean, it would have to be a really serious situation. And we did see a few more um, positive tests on Tuesday. If there's another one Wednesday, that are you know, one or two or three Wednesday. Maybe they do have to, to just cancel the game and push it back to week 18. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, or, well, this
0: game could be pushed back to, like, Monday. I mean, it is Thursday. Right. I mean, you could move this game back to Monday afternoon or Tuesday afternoon. I, th- if this game gets – this game won't be canceled in week 12, I don't believe. I think it'll be moved back to Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. But I think the NFL would really not want to lose a game in primetime on Thanksgiving night because – NFL likes Thanksgiving football. Um, we'll pretend that the game's going to happen. We don't think Mark Ingram or uh, J.K. Dobbins will play. Brandon Williams, I don't think is expected to play. Who else popped up Tuesday?
1: Did I miss anything where? Uh, Pernell McPhee. Yes. That put on the thing. He's going to be out. Um, I believe everyone else is like tracing right now. So they might be able to come off. Um, but uh, that's it. As far as players we know who are, are out for sure. Okay. The
0: current line for this game is Steelers minus five. You can bet on it at William Hill. It may be off the book, uh, your board at other places, the over under 44 and a half. Has it, has it shifted enough where there's value on the Steelers here? I mean, value on the Ravens here. Excuse me.
1: Yeah. Uh, so sports, since I have a good record on one of these teams, I want to say it's the Steelers. They asked me to be like the featured uh, expert on this. So I had to get my pick in on Monday. So I took Baltimore plus three and a half on sports line. Eight minutes before the COVID news broke. Oh. with eight minutes, I'm like, well, it picks up there. I can't take it off. I'm not going to do that. It's you very know, honorable of you. i take the alerts. five. <laughs> people are getting alerts if they put their bets in and then they come back and they see that I, it's gone from mine. They're going to wonder what happened. So the more positive tests, um, you know, there, there's an issue there. But if Baltimore can field a decent team, I think there is value. I think you're right. Um, five just seems like too much in this matchup. Baltimore thoroughly outplayed Pittsburgh the first time. It, the, the total was 457 yards to 221 yards in a competitive game all the way out. Um, and it was that pick six at the beginning that really kept Pittsburgh in it, but they just didn't play well. Um, I think Baltimore can run in this game, even with those running backs missing. Um, Baltimore's D is struggling versus the run, and that's how teams have been able to get the better of them the last few weeks. But Pittsburgh hasn't been running well. And uh, when you look at the passing game matchup, Baltimore's defensive backs can win versus the pittsburgh receivers who are good but uh pittsburgh but baltimore has a you know nice stable of defensive backs as well so this feels like a low scoring game to me i like the under at 45 once you take it down to 44.5 it's a little bit less but i still like it uh but at five i think still take the points hope it's a field goal margin in, at the end and uh, the steelers just stop getting some of these breaks and uh and play a close game here okay i th- i would take the steelers at five i
0: think Excuse me, take the Ravens at five. I keep getting mixed up. Uh, the Ravens, the Ravens are fine. I know they're missing Dobbins and Ingram. Gus Edwards ran all over the Steelers. Justice Hill's not a bad running back. Um, the Ravens are really desperate. Really, really desperate. And maybe I'm clinging to the idea that the Ravens are good and they're not good. But I I tend to think that Baltimore, I, I think the mistake in the first matchup, when when you get a line that's more than three in a Steelers Ravens game. I think you just need to take the three and just assume that the dog is going to hang around, unless, you know, this obviously changes once Ben is gone or whatever. But the, like, just get, you got to give the dog the credit there in these games. I, I but I would, I would lean with you on uh, the under for sure. As far as player props, Lamar Jackson. I mean, can you take an uh, Why were why we not just ha- hammering the under on his passing yards every
1: week? Yeah, tough matchup for him, and he doesn't have a ton of people to throw to. I think Andrews is a little bit banged up on the injury report, so that makes sense. You figure with their running back options uh, missing, then uh, maybe that he uh, he gets more rushing totals here, so maybe over on rushing yards. Love Gus Edwards over whatever it is, rushing yards. The last time I saw it was 58 and a half. 58, maybe, yeah, that's way too low. Yeah, you, like you mentioned he ran all over them when he was sharing time last in the mouse last meeting, I think the end 87 or 86 something like that. Um, he's going to get the lion share work here It'd be surprising if he didn't get 20 carries so uh they'd have to be really you know strengthen up against the run to uh, to stop him from getting three yards per carry here so I, I think you got to go over on that. uh another one I like
0: here as well and it's the same sort of flow Lamar Jackson over total rushing attempts it's 10 and a half on William Hill. He's going to have to run the ball more than that for them to win this game.
1: Yeah, you would think so. Um, so, yeah, the, the, without having all those options that they usually do, they probably would dial up more designed runs for him, and he's holding the ball more. So as long as he can get past the line of scrimmage and it doesn't get registered as a sack, I know sometimes there's a question with that. Yeah, I think he's going to get into double digits there with his rushing attempts.
0: His last four games, 16, 13, 11, and 13 rushing attempts, 65 58 55 and 51 rushing yards i i think with no no dobbins and no ingram you see more rushing yards and more rushing attempts i mean the way to beat pittsburgh is to get out on the edge rushing the football with no devin bush there and i think that they can that's they have to be able to i mean you can't you can't try to win this game from the pocket ravens you can't don't do it it's not going to work um Marquise Brown's total receptions is two and a half, and I don't understand why. Is this, are we going to get a Marquise Brown game? I'm tired of it. I'm tired of trying to, I, I've lost so much effing money in DFS playing Lamar and Marquise Brown this year. I, I can't do it anymore. Like, it's no,
1: actually Why would you throw to Marquise Brown when you have Willie Sneed and Miles Boykin and Des Bryant? I mean, what do you, why would you? Des did? Bryant getting, I mean, what, what was it, four doing? catches last week? He had five targets. He was their top receiver last week. Yeah, it's hard to play Marquise Brown at this point because he just doesn't seem as involved. And now going up against a good pass defense, yeah, I I would just avoid him.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mark Andrews over receiving if he plays. His over receptions is three and a half. Now, obviously, he has to play. So check your book to see if that's a does he play, et cetera. But I like the over there at three and a half
1: if he plays. I think so too, but you think you got to realize that's what Pittsburgh's going to defend first and foremost Fair. is take Andrews away out of the passing game and make Lamar beat you throwing to receivers.
0: So we just jam Willie Sneed's over receptions, two and a half minus half minus one sixty? I mean, go for it. It's
1: disgusting. You might get one big play out of Brown too. So maybe he hits his over on receiving yardage just on one big play. When was we'll the see. last
0: time Willie Sneed didn't catch three passes? It was week six.
1: He's had 5-4, 5-3 the last –
0: I mean, he's just – Lamar's just looking his way. There's something – you know what? There's something going on with Lamar and and Marquise. They don't trust each other. There's something going on there. I mean, Willie Sneed has has 25 targets in the last
1: four weeks. That is screwed up, man. Seems like a lot for a player of Willie Sneed's caliber. Not that he's bad. He's just – you know, replacement level gets you what you need to get, but you should have more dynamic options to throw to.
0: Marquise Brown has 17 targets in the last four weeks <laughs> and six catches. Not great. Something's, go- something's going on there. I might, I might, I don't know if I can bet the Ravens. I don't think I can bet the Ravens. I, don't think, you, I think the Steelers might just, this is just the Steelers are going to beat them and take care of business.
1: And the Ravens might score 17 points. I think typically fading um, uh, undefeated teams at this point of the season is a good. I agree. Thing to do because their spread tends to be a little bit inflated. But if this was trending toward three, then maybe you can make that argument. But I just think a little bit too much is being made out of the COVID absences and not practicing. We've seen that it hasn't been been a big deal for these offenses with good coaching staffs that you know have their stuff together. Um, I don't think that it affects the Ravens too much.
0: Okay. Uh, all right. I'm gonna flag. I'll flag plant Willie Sneed over receptions two and a half here.
1: That's fine. over over Gus Edwards rushing yards up to whatever you want. Probably 70.
0: Okay. So that's, that's the, that's the one you were jamming is over Gus Edwards. I like that. Uh, Now, obviously that changes if, if Mark Ingram and and JK Dottons are are returned to action, Uh, they tested positive. They
1: won't be back. Oh, so they're tested positive. Right. That was a report. So Gus Edwards is fine. Then he didn't get put on as a close contact.
0: That's weird.
1: It, so I mean, it, they have the, they have the tracing, you know, software with their, their bracelets and stuff. So they could tell who's been a close contact and who's around these people. And, uh, that's why, that's why Ben got put on the list quickly. Cause he was, you know, on that flight next to, next to whoever it was that tested positive. There. Right. But he was fine by the time, you know, they, they, he had got through all the negative tests he had to, and he came off, but, uh, that's not the case with these other guys. And it seemed like if Gus Edwards was going to be an issue, they would have already put him on there.
0: Okay. That's fair enough. It's just weird that he wouldn't test, uh, any, um, any Steelers props
1: you like in particular? No, not really. Um, you could, if you think the defense is going to show up again, you can look for defensive to score touchdown type of things uh, since they did it in that last time, but that's always kind of hit or miss. You better be getting good odds on that. Okay. Uh, uh, what was Deontay
0: I just saw it. Where was it? Deontay Johnson. Ooh. Deontay Johnson
1: over 59 and a half receiving yards.
0: He's just getting targets right now, man.
1: Yeah, they are feeding him like crazy. I don't know how he usually plays uh, Baltimore, though, because Baltimore is a is a um a great defense, great defensive backs. It just seems hard to uh to to trust any any one receiver because if Baltimore wants hmm. you, they could probably take him out of the game and, and say, go beat me with Chase Claypool and, and- I, I want to say he got hurt last time
0: against Baltimore. Surely he did because he only had three targets, one catch six yards. Ben's top receiver is Juju with seven targets, eight targets, seven catches, sixty seven yards. Ebron and Claypool caught a touchdown. You're right. Man, Ben had 182 passing yards against these guys. They had that pick
1: had, six. Like I said, yeah, they had like 220-something overall. It just did not have a good game against the defense, and they happened to win because of turnovers.
0: Yeah. Mm. All right. This game is – you kind of got to wait and see what happens with the COVID stuff. I think it's fine. I think it'll play it. I, I've, I'm i with you. I think it's Ravens and under, and just take Gus Edwards rushing guards, and that sort of correlates with it. If you want to dive in – let me see what – oh, sorry. Let me, let me see what Big Ben's – Rothisberger is passing it i would take big ben's passing attempts under 39 and a half i don't think they're i don't think they're gonna have him throw the ball that much and his passing yards were 276 and a half i think i'd lean under there too the only way that goes over is if baltimore's up big and he's chucking it deep
1: But i don't yeah, think he's chucking it deep like solid them. unders to me
0: i like those under i like ben unders I think I think the Steelers are perfectly fine grinding out this game, and you you lean under all over the place on this game, which sort of I guess dovetails into the whole DFS notion. When we look at this, you can play on DraftKings, of course. You can play a situation where there are uh, a three slate. We're, we're going to look at the three slate situation. We're going to look at the three slate setup, the three game slate. Sorry, which is it's under classic. You can pick pick players from all three games. It's not a showdown. And if you're looking at quarterback, I'm done with Lamar Jackson. I'm out. 6,800. Stafford's questionable at 5,800. Big Ben 6,600 is a tough look.
1: It's hard to go anywhere other than Deshaun Deshaun Watson here. Yeah, I think you're going Watson uh, for the reasons we said earlier, or you're going Alex Smith, if you think that that's going to be a profitable game going against that Dallas secondary um, so I'd be fine if either of those, if you want to go cheaper with Alex Smith and build a better lineup, it's just because of the other options that we have, we're going to talk about these other positions. I think it's pretty easy to build a lineup no matter where you go. So I'm, I'm sticking Watson in there um, going with the bigger guy, but if it's a, if it's a big, you know, GPP type thing, maybe you go with Alex Smith and try to be the contrarian here.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you're there's Watson is probably given that Ben's playing the Raiders, that Lamar has sucked and the Steelers are a good defense that Alex Smith is not enticing and that Andy Dalton is playing a team that pressures him a ton. Deshaun Watson's probably going to be 50% like 30 to 30% owned in these in these tournaments. Um so if you want to go contrary and I agree, Alex Smith a good play. I don't I guess I don't hate Andy Dalton if that turns into a shootout. At running back, you mentioned him. Gus Edwards
1: at 4K is a, is is a lock, right? Yeah, Gus Edwards for sure at 4000 I mean, that's he's going to get the lion's share of the rushes. And then um, we talked about this big Zeke game. I'm throwing my money behind Zeke. It seems to be a pretty easy one-two combination at running back for me. Yeah, I agree. If – I do think if DeAndre Swift plays
0: that I would pivot to him a little bit off of Zeke because I think you – yes, know, it's, it's a Thanksgiving slate. You're not – I mean, you're going up against people who are, know what they're doing. So everybody's just going to set a lineup and leave. But – you know, he's going to be – the actives will be announced at 11 o'clock a.m. on on Thursday. You'll find out if Swift's playing. I would expect that Swift is a pretty low ownership at $6,500, and he gets a Texans defense that is awful against the run. And he was the featured back two weeks ago. So I would have a lot of interest in DeAndre Swift if he is active because I think that that's a contrarian play off, you know, what – people won't be on him because of the situation with the holidays and travel and all that.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you can also uh, throw him in, you know, flex. If you want to go three running backs, I'd be fine with that too. Okay. Uh, don't hate Antonio Gibson, as I mentioned,
0: but I agree with RJ that Peyton Barber is a pain in the ass. JD McKissick on DraftKings is a viable option because he catches a s ton of passes. And... Boy, oh boy, are there not a whole lot of running back options after that. So, limited pool. Tony Pollard is an interesting play because he does get some run in this offense.
1: At wide receiver, I assume you're locking in Will Fuller. Well, Fuller, top option for sure. I think he's going to have some big play potential, so that's one for me. Um, if uh, the McLaurin news is fine and McLaurin plays, he's in there for me against a bad Dallas defense. If not, you take uh, advantage of the Steve Sims thing. You know, he's super cheap. So that's another possible option for you there. And uh, so I have McLaurin, Fuller, and Cooks right now. I figure uh, Fuller and Cooks. I have this big big potential against a bad defense so those are probably going to be my receivers unless we get bad injury news from McLaurin or if I want to bail on Cooks for for a cheaper play that uh that to you know make my lineup work somewhere else All right um I don't mind Michael Gallup at 3500 Washington
0: secondary is fine. It's not it's not elite or anything. Uh their pass rush is good. Andy Dalton's targeted him. I do think we'll see some points. You know, you do have to worry about the fact that if you're if you're going Elliott in in, you know, his pass catchers that it takes away from him, but it's not the worst thing in the world. Uh I don't
1: know. And then speaking of the Houston offense, Kiki QT's thirty four hundred with Cobb out. You know, I think that's the guy you slide slide can, in there. Yeah. He looked good at the end of the game there. I think he got some red zone looks. So um Yep. Thirty-four hundred. That's a good profit potential there for you. I agree with
0: that. All right. At tight end, Mark Andrews questionable at fifty-two hundred. TJ Hawkinson questionable at forty-seven hundred. Eric Ebron forty-one hundred. I would expect Dalton Schultz at thirty-eight hundred is very popular. I I think Logan Thomas at
1: thirty-five hundred will be popular as well. That's sort of the extent of it, I believe. Yeah, I think Schultz is probably the most popular option. That's who I had in there. But Jordan Akins caught five of his six targets last week for 83 yards um, you know, he's the he's the top tight end there. Um, so I, with also with Cobb going out, that's also a play where he could get more looks in the passing game as well. So we're just banking on, say, uh, Brandon Cooks gets erased a, a little bit by, you know, the cornerback the that we said was was playing pretty well there. I think these other three three receivers, Fuller and the two secondary options could have a huge game against a bad defense. So Aikens at twenty nine hundred QT at thirty four hundred. And that obviously frees up a ton of ton of room the rest of your lineup. Uh,
0: do you have any sleepers from the flex position? I will throw out a guy that I think is uh, actually a steal at his price. Given how he ran at Oklahoma State, given what the Ravens want to do, given that they're missing their top two running backs, Justice Hill, $4,000. I think you can slap him in the flex spot, and that gives you, uh, if you really want to pay up for a defense, you'd have uh, plenty plenty to do that. Or if you want to pay up for other
1: positions, I don't mind Justice Hill there. Yeah, Justice Hill's good. You can look at a second tight end and just hope for getting a touchdown for one of those guys um, like Thomas or Schultz. Um, you could look at uh, Peterson. I know we we you know smashed him, but it's a great matchup. So maybe he defies the odds and gets at least a touchdown for you there. And I think he's pretty cheap as well. So there are options, but like I was saying earlier, you have all the money in the world with this slate yeah. to build a good lineup when you put Gus Edwards at running back and, and these other things we're talking about. So I don't think you have to pay down if you want, if you want to throw in a, a Deontay Johnson, you know, or one of the Amari Cooper, one of the top guys there, you could do that as well.
0: No, that, that's a, that, that's a great point I was going to make as well, because, you can go with this I mean, if you plug Jordan Atkins in at tight end and Gus Edwards in at running back, you can do whatever you want in the slate. Mm-hmm. Like it's like you can get the Steelers on defense, Clay Chapel, Chase Claypool, excuse me, at flex, McLaurin Fuller at wide receiver, Zeke, Deshaun Watson, and then you can come back and get our boy Willie Sneed. And I don't know if that's a perfect lineup, but you have a thousand dollars left to work with. If you go Gus Edwards at four thousand dollars at running back, and and Jordan Atkins at tight end, it gives you the freedom to do whatever you want, basically. Do you think that'll be popular?
1: Um, yeah, I, I just don't know that Atkins is a is a popular name. Um, I think Edwards will definitely be popular. I think a lot of people will be tuned into that situation and know that they should be using him. So, I would say Edwards. And if you want to be contrarian, you can play your guy Hill there. Um, but yeah, that seems to be like the uh, the move for me.
0: Okay. All right, I dig it. Uh, what's do you want to give out your lineup that you have that's going to win you a million dollars?
1: Yeah, right now it's Watson, Elliott, Edwards, and then McLaurin, Fuller, QT, Aikens, Gibson and uh, the Steelers defense and that leaves like 1900 left over. So see that big number there. I, I that's why I like playing a lot of those, op- those options seem obvious to me. When you leave that big number on there for a remaining salary, people aren't going to want to do that. They'll take out QT and throw cooks in they'll take out Aikens and throw, you know, uh, Andrews, Andrews in. In, yeah. like that. Yeah. So uh, I do think of that, even though it looks obvious to me, that might be a, a, a non-obvious play when you put them all together.
0: I, I agree with that. I think that is important if it's one thing I've learned from like smart people about showdown slates and I'm still not good at it and I have to fight myself, I have to fight my brain to make it happen. uh, And this isn't a showdown slate, but a compressed slate with limited options, leave money on the table. If, If you are spending up, you are matching yourself against other people and you should play the people you think will do well, as opposed to like, like play the people you think will do well versus spending all the money and all your budget and you will do probably much better. All right. Uh, I think that does it for the Thanksgiving preview, RJ. That's pretty robust coverage. Got some good props. Going to win some money. Maybe hit that. Do you think Garrett hits his parlay? Yes or no?
1: Um, let's. Yeah, yes, I believe he will. <laughs> do we? Need I like to, to be positive. Uh, it's Thanksgiving. It's family. Everybody. I hope everybody has a great, you know, dinner and stays safe and does what they need to do. Um, but hope we have a great holiday and it's one to remember for everyone for all the positive reasons, especially Garrett hitting his parlay. <laughs> RJ, you're the best.
0: Uh, Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you. Ah, We'll talk uh, on Friday.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.